Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Mater, the host of Diva Strategies for Success. We're each Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I bring you a dynamic guest. Tonight I have a fabulous guest. Her name is Joanne Corley. She is the founder, CEO of The Human Spear, a consultancy that helps individuals and companies increase earning potential through holistic talent management. She recently was named to the top most social HR experts by the Huffington Post. She is also a dynamic, inspiring speaker, trainer, coach, and author. She has a contagious passion and energy for the topics she teaches and has shared that passion with thousands across North America, specializing in seminars on getting results, creative and innovative thinking, emotional intelligence, effective management and leadership, powerful communications and team collaboration. She has the unique distinction of having spoken in every major city and state in the U.S. She is the author of several books and creator of the newly launched employee training and development app, The 1% Edge Portable Coach, available on all smartphone platforms. Her book includes The Force Within, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight, also Organizational Strategies for the Overwhelmed, How to Manage Your Time, Space, and Priorities to Work Smart, Get Results and Be Happy, and The 1% Edge, Power Strategies to Increase Your Management Effectiveness. Companies whose employees have experienced Joanne's dynamic workshops include the City of Chicago, U.S. Marshals Service, Microsoft, 3M Corporation, Trump Enterprises, NASA, University of Texas, and the U.S. Army, Fort Hood, Texas. Also, the Chicago White Sox, uh, Duke University, the Yale Club of New York City, HBO, and ESPN, to name a few. She attended Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, and Eastern Illinois University. Prior to launching her consulting business, she spent several years as an international benefits manager and senior recruiter. Her professional professional affiliates include SHARM, S-H-R-M, A-S-T-T, which is American Seminar Training Development, and ABWA, American Businesswomen's Association. You can also find her on radio shows and online media across the country and internationally. Welcome, Joanne. I'm so honored to have you with us tonight. Well, Robbie, thanks so much for having me. How did your book come to be? It just sounds so fabulous. I read some of the reviews on it. It's just wonderful. So tell me about that. Well, it's kind of a uh, very interesting story. I have a very dear HR friend online. We have a very tight HR community online, Janine Truitt, uh, who's uh, in the Long Island, uh, Long Island area. And she was doing a series called Leading Ladies. And she asked me if I wanted to be part of the series. And I said, sure, And as a guest blogger. And, um, you know, I was thinking, what do I want to write about outside of the sort of normal, traditional management, leadership, HR realm? And it was something related to, it had to be a bit more personal. And one of the things that I've been evolving in is merging spirituality with uh, more traditional writings of HR, leadership, and management. And uh, I just went through rebranding, and uh, the human sphere is part of a rebranding 
because I really wanted to approach things more holistically, and I think that that's not happening as much in the workplace today. And in order for people to be more satisfied and happy in their work life and for companies to uh, have better profits, I think approaching things from a holistic perspective you know, is a good thing to do. And so I started writing this. Really, it was a blog post. That's how it started, as a blog post. And then, Robbie, this flow came. This flow came, and out came, and out came the fourth within. It ended up being a, a you know a mini book, a booklet instead of just a blog post. So I really have Ju- uh, Janine to thank for it. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, what was the key message you want? I, I love the holistic approach because I totally believe with you. What's the key message you wanted to relay in writing the book? The key message really uh, was that each of us has a an energy, a life force. Some people call it a spirit uh, that we have within each one of us. And that energy really just can't be ignored. And that's part A. Part B is that energy can practically translate into what we will do or be in the world. It can be translated into how we serve uh, in our communities and also how we how that translates into a practical work life or career. Hmm. Say someone is completely disconnected from or unaware of their force, what steps could they take to begin the building awareness or to connect? Well, um, one of the first things that they can do is really just notice that they have personal energy. I mean, I think sometimes um, we get so busy living outside of ourselves that we do not connect with what's going on on the inside. One of the things I talk about in the book, and it's a very common phrase, is living from the inside out. But if we've been so busy being controlled, manipulated, and driven from the outside, we really just haven't had a sense of connecting to the inside. So one of the first things that we can do is begin to uh, disconnect from the outside. That means really practically taking time to be alone, which I know is a challenge because everybody's busy. Um, you know, if parents have kids, you know, that sort of thing. However, it is essential that we are able to be alone and that we can begin to hear and feel a certain power that we have within us. That's, the, that's one of the first things. And then the second thing is when we are able to finally do that, to get some space between outside so that we can pay attention more to the inside, we will begin to feel an attraction to things. And that attraction is um, a sort of a resonance or a, a spark of what's inside us, really the beginning of and the harnessing of and the awakening of our our power and our force. Um, tell me about your early experience with the force. Well, it's uh, and I write about this in the book uh, because I'm, you know because of Jeannie and I had to just go back there. But I remember early on, um, as even as a young kid, um, I was attracted to certain things that gave me a lot of energy. And in fact, when I do career coaching with folks, I have an exercise called a retrospective, and that retrospective invites people to go back to their childhood because 
uh, and ask them to recollect the things in their childhood that gave them energy, that they were very attracted to, that they, they seemed to have a passion for or enjoyed doing and loved doing. And so for me, that really translated into things like sports, uh, very much a tomboy when I was growing up. I loved to read, you know, um, read interesting books, and um, I had a really high need to express myself. And I think that expression did come out in sports, but also came out in, I, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to um, play teacher. Mm. And uh, and so I would literally be, you know, standing in my bedroom with a chalkboard, like talking to myself, <laughs> pretending like I had students. And, um, you know, I, I just loved doing that. I loved, like, dance and expressing myself. And, and so early on, my energy, my force, you know, as a kid, you know, unedited, was this this kind of need for self-expression in these various ways. Wow. That's true. And here you are teaching today. What what does personal power of empowerment fit in, you know, or fit into the picture? Where does it personal. fit in? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it does. Personal empowerment. Really, I think that personal empowerment or personal power is really the phrase or language of the force. Because really power, the force is power. The force is personal power. And so empowerment then suggests that we have our, we, we are in connected with, uh, with, we're connected with our power. Uh, people who are disempowered don't portray or exhibit very much personal power. And that then would suggest that they're not connected to and that they're connected to their power and their personal power is not activated. Hmm. And a lot of times they don't know how to bring them together too. Is that would you say that is is true? Um, sometimes they get they try to analyze too much and not listen to what they're being told. Right, right. You know what, Robbie? That's a really great point because just the way that you phrase that suggests two things. Number one, analyzing is definitely more of a left brain logical uh, approach and experience. When you use the phrase listen, that requires actually shutting off and shutting down your left brain. Because the, what's going to come out of you, you you've got to, this is a great way to put it, you've got to hear yourself from a different place. Right. And you have to hear yourself not from your left brain. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's hard you, to do when we're like hamsters running that cage, you know? Right. You know how exactly a hamster right. keeps going round and round and round? Right, and so if if some people are so busy on the outside, they're gonna still be on that hamster cave in, cage. And you know, when a ham, hamster is running on a cage, all you hear is noise. Right. But you know, when you get out of the cage and when you get off the cage, all of a sudden you begin to quiet down. And only when we're quiet can we begin to hear and feel the force that is within inside us. Hmm. What is the connection between the force and your voice? Well, the voice then is um the voice is the the external exercise of the force because the force can be an, is is really the core energy that we have. The voice is the way that that energy is expressed. So, let's say for example, uh someone has a passion to um, you know they're really attracted to and they have an energy of creation of creating things let's say 
and their voice can be, oh, but what they really like to do is create clothing, let's say. You know, one of my favorite uh, shows is Project Runway. I'm just amazed at how their force translates into all these these very creative uh, pieces of clothing and garments every week. So the the voice is not only what we say, but then how our force is manifested tangibly and practically. Although I will say... You know, a critical part of the force is being able to have a practical voice. I mean, being able to express, hey, this is what I need. Hey, this is what I want. Hey, this is what I'm interested in. Hey, this is what I don't want. Right. Now, that part is is an element of it that is also essential. Where does developing your force begin? How does somebody start to do that? Well, I think that, um, you know, going back to... uh, the um, answer earlier, it does start with first connecting, taking the time, then connecting, and then seeing what you're attracted to so that you can begin to express it. So, for example, there are you know definitely um, periods in our lives we have different stages of adult development where an interest can, maybe an interest you had way back when you were a kid that you had totally forgotten about. And now in your midlife, let's say, you start to take the time to really listen to your inner voice, voice to pay attention to the things you're attracted to. We know attraction means I see something or, I, or I, I, see, I hear something and then it generates a power or an energy or a motivation inside me. Well, there's something called latent development where something that you perhaps had no idea that was inside you now gets activated. Uh-huh. Um, paint, painting, something artistic, writing, uh, woodworking, you know, all you know, things that um, the media or different even um, industry interests that have been latent or have been suppressed in early years. And now, uh, because we've taken time to hear, connect, and look for attraction and energy, all of a sudden we start to feel the spark. And when we nurture the spark, then that really can turn into, and the force can be nurtured, and then that gets translated into something practical where we're voicing that energy. So it really does get started with the time, space, connection and paying attention and then nurturing what sparks of energy that do um, come before us. You mentioned that you believe women have a unique challenge with their force and voice. Would you explain that? You know what, Robbie? I, this one, this is like a whole nother, <laughs> this could be, as I say, this is a whole nother workshop. Um, I really do believe, and you know, I think it's also, you know, with the recent release of uh, the the you know the lead in book the lean in book is that I do think that women uh, have a particular challenge with their force and their voice. Here's here's some reasons why. I think some of it is the way we're socialized. I think in general women are socialized to be accommodating. Right, we're helpers. And, yeah, we're helpers naturally in many respects. So. If we are accommodating, that means taking on someone else's needs. And when that happens, our force can be suppressed. That's mm-hmm. one. We're also then sometimes um, socialized to not be assertive. There are sometimes words, negative words, 
associate, associated with being assertive. And so, you know, part of our voice is asserting or initiating how we feel, how we think, what our boundaries are personally. And so if but if we're you know, one of the one of the um socially popular ways of sort of limiting our voice is saying, Hey, uh don't hurt anybody's feelings. Right. Well, you know, well that what you sometimes that means hey, don't be in integrity with someone else. Right. Now obviously we have to have discretion in what we say, but we can take that to an extreme and all of a sudden we are not expressing our true selves. We can be in a relationship where the other person in the relationship has the, all the voice and therefore all the power, and we don't have a voice in the relationship, and our power and our force has been subdued. And we so wonder think, why, why we're not happy, right? Exactly, because in, in fact, you know, so women, I think, because of the way we're socialized, tend to really have uh, a challenge with practically asserting our voice in a way that we feel comfortable with. I also think, Robbie, that I think women have a challenge with power, with right. feeling power, with exerting power, uh, with handling power, um, just all around feeling comfortable with it. And that, again, subdues our gifts, subdues our spirit and our voice, and that then minimizes our ability to express fully who we were meant to be in this lifetime. So I think socialization, whether it's our family socialization, cultural socialization, um, work life and corporate socialization, all of those things can minimize, tweak, subdue um, our power force and then how we express that power, our force, you know, in our everyday uh, activities. And I think we're all... In terms of women, I think we're a work in progress socially in that regard. Hmm, I like that. Um, how is happiness tied to the force within? You know, I think you, you were just getting ready to say it because it's such a natural connection. And that is that I think the more fully, confidently, and comfortably we can express ourselves, the happier we'll be. And especially you know, if we're doing something we have passion for. Exactly. And passion is really another uh, naming of the force. Mm. It's, you know, that, underni- it's that undeniable, undeniable energy that it's almost like what, what, what we call the I can't help it, <laughs> you know, where um, you just have to pursue something or do something because it's so inside you, it's difficult to stop manage, whatever, and it's undeniable. Now, some people will suppress their passion in the spirit of all the other things that we've talked about. However, you know, my belief is if the energy doesn't go out practically and positively, it could stay in negatively. Right. And we know know from any kind of, you know, energy work um, and those kinds of things that if something stays in our body that is negative, it could have a adverse impact on our health, our cells, our tissues, um, our mind, our energy, our chemical energy in our brain, which could lead to depression, and um, and all sorts of um, adverse internal consequences to keeping it and subduing it if it's in a negative way for too long. So happiness is direct. You know, happiness is directly related to full self-expression uh, in constructive and positive ways. 
So how can someone practically work with their force? Because it has great results. Yeah, it does. And so, you know, one of the things that um, I do in my coaching practice and even in, in my consulting practice corporately is there's lots of assessments on the a market that can help people connect with their true self. And I'm, I'm a fan of assessments. Now, we know that assessment is only as good as, as the awareness of the person taking it. However, it can give practical and useful clues as to who we are naturally. And uh, in, the bo- in, the, in the book, I have a representative exercise that just provides a group of words. And I, and I suggest look at those words and identify, not from your left brain, but just pay attention to which words you feel naturally attracted to. And you can go through the exercise in the book and circle the words you feel naturally attracted to. Those words are then the keys to some of the things that we can do in our work life. Not only how we want to live out our lives practically with, you know, it's kind of shaping our voice or defining our voice, but also those begin to lay the groundwork for the clues to some of the things that we could be doing in our work lives that would match our natural force and voice. In fact, in my uh, career planning practice, you know, assessments um, of, you know, word descriptors are part of the foundation of career management and also career planning. Mm -hmm. So that's a very practical thing. That's one uh, practical exercise in the book that one can do to begin to connect practically with that. And then that translates into um, more, more, you know, work-life kinds of things. So I'll go back to my example of being a teacher. If I went through uh, a group of word clusters and I looked at key words uh, like talking, <laughs> you know, um, expression, enthusiasm, um, wor- words. I I love words. I love writing. And if I if I circled all those in a cluster, I would begin to get clues that would formulate into particular professions by which I would naturally fit and have the highest level of job satisfaction, and which would Honor my natural voice and force. Wow, I like that. How does the working with the force impact leadership and management? That you know what that I want. That's a great question because you know um, I think in doing this kind of work, I call it consciousness work of spirituality. There still is you know very much in our in a in corporate in a corporate life a separation of those two. Like and and my goal is to help to marry those. Uh, so that it's approachable and not this ethereal thing, and you know, oh, now we're getting all religious, and it, you know, really is really not about that. Right, so yeah. um, it's you know, when you talk about first of all leadership management, first of all being authentic. You know, leadership comes from um, a power base. Now, there's sources of power. One of them is authentic power, who you are as a person, and of course another. Uh, power base is the positional power. And it's been my experience that those who feel compelled to lead from positional power typically don't have the personal power or authentic power to be able to lead and influence effectively. So part of the force, uh, one of the roles of the force in leadership is connecting with your authentic power, which is going to give you more of a capability of influencing people that you're leading. On the management side, then, it's also understanding, hey, 
everybody has their own power and their own force. And as a manager, I want to be able to harness that because ultimately that power and that force is motivation. And motivation is a human resource. And so I want to be able to leverage that. So that means getting to know my team, what naturally motivates them, so that I can um, collaborate, collaborate with their force, so to speak, and help them with their own voice in the context of the team so that we can all work together to accomplish more collectively. Oh, that's great. Do you think this, because um, I know you work within the companies as well, Does do you think this holistic talent management will help also in the hiring process of people? Because, you know, nowadays people hardly get to see each other. Everything's done um, Internet. So you're kind of missing that personal, you know, uh, it's kind of like how everything's written up, whether you get to the next step. So do you think by doing the training on both sides it'll change the way they're evaluating things today? You know what? I I do believe that that's helpful. There's several components to hiring. In fact, part of what I do in my holistic talent management consultancy is, you know, one of my uh one of the things I offer is best hire, best fit in selection. Mm-hmm. And I I'm a former recruiter and um you know, one of the things that you look at certainly you know, it's a job description and, and has their experience, I should say perceived experience, matched, you know, what the job description is that you're hiring for. Uh, but also, too, what are their natural uh, behavior preferences. There's actually one of the tools I use in my practice called the predictive index is ver- a very different assessment than most personality tools in that it actually looks and assesses uh, preferred behavior styles, preferred preferred behaviors, and that's going to be a good assessment in matching what's going to be the kind of behaviors that are about, that are most needed for a particular job type. Now, part three of that is meeting someone. I believe that, uh, and you know, certainly there are people who have hired on intuitive gut, uh, on perception of energy, uh, and I do believe that meeting someone and reading their energy, getting a sense of their vibe, that's what some people call it, you know, getting a sense of their energy is extremely helpful in being able to determine the kind of person that you're going to be working with. Because in in all honesty, Robbie, that vibe or that chemistry is what's going to come into the door every day. Yeah, that's how I used to do hiring when I was in corporate America. That's kind of the book I went by. Ah, yeah, and it's funny, too, because, you know, that's the everyday person. That part is hard to to lie about. Right, you know? that's true. Uh, so the vibe so, and the chemistry is is really useful. Right. Um, you, I know you offer a lot of services, so let's go into what other services you offer and then how they can get your book and how they can contact you and your websites and things like that because uh, we are down to, like, about two minutes left. Oh, my. That went so fast, Robbie. I know. So for what other services do you offer? Um, I My services are broken up into two categories, um, individual talent management and company talent management. So, you know, so if someone wants to do career planning and management, that would be on the individual side. And then a corporate side is, is selection and hiring and also management and leadership development and, you know, and promotion and succession assessment as well. Uh, I also do have a very active professional speaking practice, which I've been very fortunate to build 
and so um, I also do you know keynotes, uh, addresses, conference breakouts, and traditional on-site training on uh, a variety of topics. And what, and what part of the country are you in? I'm based I'm based out of Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta, Georgia. And mm-hmm. how can they get your book? And what are your websites? Because I know they can get more in-depth information on those websites. Right. The easiest website to go to is just my name. It's joannecorley.com, and it's J-O-A-N-N-C-O-R-L-E-Y. And that website can lead them to uh, how to get the book and also to explore services. There's lots of great free information on the site as well based on some of the things that we've talked about. Wow. That's a- um, are you working on a new book, or and what's coming up in the future? Uh, right now I'm working on a very interesting uh, management development offering, and it's, it's, it's actually called um, the Management Intensive, and it's a virtual management development experience that's going to be very different than what most people have experienced. It's going to involve uh, coaching, and it's going to be experiential and integrated. Uh, and uh, so that's going to be launched in the next 45 days. Very excited about that. And that'll and, uh, be on that's your joannecorley.com uh, site. Will you have that spelled out there too? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we it was this was very exciting. I love all, all this concept because I think it is we are busy people and we don't take time, and so we need to do this. And your book has um, places that they can help them go through it. So I recommend that everybody get your book. It's called The Force Within. Go and go on to www.joannjoannecorley.com. And I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Robbie. It was my pleasure. And and we, I just want to let my listeners know because next week is Labor Day, so we won't have a show. So join us the week after and keep uh, keep me up on all the stuff you're doing and we'll share it with with our listeners. After the show is live, it is archived so people can listen to it at any time. Okay, so again, great. thank you and we are out of time. All right. Thanks again, Robbie. Bye.